0: Well, who am I? It's one of the most basic questions there is, isn't it? Um, Who am I? I don't know how you would answer that. But it is one of the most basic questions there is. Someone once said, it's like everyone is telling a story about themselves inside their own head. Always, all the time. That story makes you what you are. We build ourselves out of that story. But the reality is there are all sorts of stories that we're hearing all the time, influencing the story that we tell ourselves in our own heads about who we are, about what our life is about, about where we belong, about what we're doing, about what we like and love. All sorts of stories are influencing that, stories in the media, stories that you hear from other people, your family's background and story, the story of your church, all sorts of stories that we're hearing all the time. And then, on top of that, God, the master storyteller, he's telling a story too. And we're a part of it, whether we realise it or not. God, the master storyteller, is telling a story. What does he, what does his story have to tell us about who we are? And all the questions that are wrapped up with that. Who am I? What sort of a character are we going to be in the story of the world? We're going to look at three aspects of identity today. What am I for? Where do I belong? And what do I love? Starting with what am I for? What am I for? What is my life going to be about? Am I going to achieve anything? Am am I good at anything? If so, what? Am I important? Am I significant? Do I matter? What am I going to do with my life? What sort of character am I in the story? Some of you, uh, I know, have already left school. Some of you might be about to leave school and you're thinking through what next, this sort, of in question, this sort of question, what am I for, what's my purpose in life going to be, can feel very important at that kind of time. But in reality, it's a question that people ask all the time. People get to a certain age in life and they're still asking that question. People have what they call a midlife crisis. Rich will tell you about it later on. Um, where they're asking that question, what, what am I for? What am I for? What's my purpose in life? I want us to think, first of all, about two opposite ways Two opposite ways that our culture might encourage us to answer that question. What am I for? What's my purpose in life? The world around us. One way we could connect with high school musical, uh, Glee, with everything Disney in the film world, that kind of thing, or with X Factor, Britain's Got Talent, that kind of thing in the reality TV world, okay? One way of answering the question, what am I for? Is well, you know the sort of thing, the sort of thing that says, follow your dreams. That's what you're meant to do. Follow your dreams, shoot for the stars, break free from all the restraints around you, be yourself. You can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. That kind of approach. And there are all sorts of TV programs, all sorts of songs. All sorts of best-selling books, all sorts of cheesy chat show hosts, all sorts of well-meaning teachers who will give us that message. You can be whoever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. Follow your dreams. Now, the second is really quite different. And actually, a perfect example of it was the video we watched right at the beginning, the, the video of the Plan B song, Lost My Way, from his um, album, is it Ill Manners or something? Is that right, the album, name of the album? I'm looking to someone who would know these things. Somebody's vaguely nodding their head somewhere. Um, I thought, oh, it was a great song. I went and looked it up. When I found we were going to be showing it, I went and looked at the, 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 uh, the lyrics in some detail. And I, I, these ones really stuck out to me on the issue of identity. He talks about kids who ain't got no hope. <coughs> Walking around their estates thinking, this is it? Then he says, they ain't ever getting out, and it's no joke. Probably is the best of life they're ever going to get. They don't believe they can succeed. Or the opportunities you send back there really exist. He says, mum and dad never made nothing of themselves, so why are they going to? School's a waste of time, they're only going to fail. Their older brother went to jail, why aren't they going to? On the one hand, we're told we can be whatever we want to be. We should follow our dreams. We are the main character in an indie hipster movie about ourselves. That's one message we're being told. The other message is almost completely the opposite. And we're being told we're nothing. And we're never going to amount to anything. And we're not significant. There is no point. There is no purpose. They're the two extremes if you like there's all sorts of positions in the middle but they're the two extremes that i think our culture and our life experience is telling us all the time but finding a sense of purpose can change our lives that guy who performs as plan b his real name is ben drew and he was interviewed in the guardian a, a while back and he said this he said find out what these kids are good at <coughs> or what they care about or what they like And try to draw it out of them because it will change their lives. Finding a sense of purpose can change our lives. Well, what does God in the Bible have to say? What does the story that God is telling have to say to us about our purpose? I want to tell us an alternative story. An alternative story to these other two that I've been talking about. And it's God's story. And it kind of agrees with both, and it kind of disagrees with both. And it's kind of different altogether. And I want to, I want to tell it to you in, in three parts. Okay. Part one is this. Chapter one, part one is, we were made for the big kingdom of God. That's our purpose. We were made for the big kingdom of God. So the story goes something like this. Once upon a time there was God, and he was king. And like all good kings, he, well, actually, they, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, made a kingdom. And it was good. Now, when I say good, I mean proper good. Okay? This kingdom had grass and trees and sunrises and flowers and sunsets and lightning and rain and lions and butterflies and snowdrops and Yorkshire. It was proper good. A really good kingdom. Everything good was there, and everything that was there was good. And God stood back and looked at it, and He said, Do you know what we need? Do you know what we need? We need deputy kings and queens. People, male and female, young and old, we need people. People to be like us, like God. People to fill the world with people who are like us, to rule the world in a good way. They could look after the world, they could make stuff from the world, they could make music and houses and sandcastles and babies and iPods and surfboards and pencils and paintings and staplers and curry and a lot more. And they could do it all for the benefit of everyone and everything in the world. And they could do it all for the pleasure and the glory of God. And so God said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make them. And so they made the very first humans and said to them, here you go. The world is yours. It's your kingdom now too. (coughs) Enjoy it. Enjoy it, fill it with others who are like you. And all of you, be like us. Be like God. Good, loving kings and queens of creation. That is your purpose. And then the Bible says God sat back and looked at it and he said, not just it was good, he said it was very good. See, we were made... For the kingdom of God. A kingdom as big. uh, uh, And as broad. And as full of possibility. And as full of significance and meaning and joy. As the universe is. The desire for purpose comes from God. If you find yourself thinking. Yeah I need to decide what I'm going to be about. I want to do something and be something. Or if you find yourself sad and disillusioned and depressed because you think you're never going to be anything. Well, that sense of purpose, that sense of purpose comes from God. It's because you were made for his kingdom, made for significance, made for achievement, made to rule, made to create made to do something for the good of creation and for the glory of God. That's what you were made for. But part two of our story, we choose the little kingdom of me. We were made for the big kingdom of God, but we choose the little kingdom of me. The Bible tells of how that first king and queen rebelled against the king. Their thrones were not enough. God gave them thrones to sit on on, over the whole world, and they said, it's not enough. They grasped for more. They wanted a chance to sit on God's throne, and they listened to any old snake who offered it to them. And that actually is where you and I come into this story, because that's what our first parents did, and that's what you and I have been doing ever since. I don't want to live for the kingdom of God. I'd quite like my own kingdom instead. A place and a time where I get to decide what is right and wrong for myself. A place and a time where I get to follow my dreams. Where I get to do what I want to do. Where I can be whatever I want to be. Where I get to constantly have control of the remote control and choose the channels. That's what they went for. That's what we do too. Now, one question worth asking is, is it worth it? Big kingdom of God, little kingdom of me. This is where we put our choice. Is it worth it? Was it a good decision? Has that decision panned out well for the human race and for this world that we were put in charge of? Does that decision pan out well for you and for me? Is it a good decision? Do we, in choosing the little kingdom of me, get to discover ourselves and become ourselves and be whatever we want to be? Well, no. No. Quite the opposite. The Bible says that the odd thing is when we grasp for more, what we actually do is settle for less. We grasp for more but we settle for much less. Much less. The kingdom of me is really small. It looks, to our eyes, it looks bigger. (coughs) We think it's better than the kingdom of God. But it's not. It's smaller. We live for the kingdom of me and everything gets messed up. Turns out we don't do such a good job of running the place. Turns out we aren't very good at God's job. Ask yourself now in your own head, how good a job are you doing at running your own life? How's that one panning out for you? Think on the bigger picture, ask yourself again in your head now, how good do you think the human race are doing at running our own lives? We've had a lot of practice at it, several thousand years. How good are we doing? And sure, we still do a lot of the cool stuff that we were always meant to do in the big kingdom of God. We still do lots of the cool stuff. God didn't completely obliterate our ability to look after the world altogether. There's all kinds of good stuff still around, but somehow it gets a bit disordered. So we, we create something absolutely amazing like the internet. The internet is brilliant. What a fantastic thing. You can be connected to people anywhere in the world in seconds. Share whatever you want. It's very hard to control so that you know, no kind of big, one big corporation or one big government can control it. Everybody gets to do their thing on the internet. What a fantastic invention it is. It's brilliant. And then what do we use it for? Well, We use it for porn. Or we use it for using social media to destroy someone. You know, that kind of thing where you say something to someone on Facebook or wherever and you'd never dare say it to them like that to their face. But, you know, because it's on the internet, you, you know, the gloves are off. Oh, we make great music and we make great art and we make cool films, but we also make great bombs and guns and tanks. Now think about it personally. What happens... When you want to live as if you're God in your little kingdom. And here I am over here next to you and I'm wanting to live as God in my own little kingdom. Now that's alright until we meet, isn't it? (coughs) Who's going to be God then? You can be God in, in, in your own bedroom when it's just you and your TV and your remote. You get to decide all the channels. What happens when we have to share space? And time, who's going to be God then? All sorts of problems are going to come, aren 't they? And then, and then, still thinking about this question, is it worth it, then there are people for whom living for the kingdom of me just doesn't seem to work out at all. Look around our society and see the people who feel like they are left on the rubbish heap. See the communities that feel like they've been left on the rubbish heap. Maybe you live in a place like that, I, I don't know. Maybe you feel like that about yourself. Everyone else is getting on with life and life's just kind of passing you by. Living for the little kingdom of me, well, chance, you know, chance would be a fine thing. People who think they've got no purpose. Well, Jesus says it's actually worse than that. Mark chapter 8. Let's listen to the words of Jesus on living life in the little kingdom of me. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. If you've got a Bible, then turn it up. If not, it's on the screen. So it's great. Thank you. <clears throat> Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus, well, it says this Then he, that's Jesus, called the crowd to him along with his disciples. And uh, he said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Now Jesus says you can gain the whole world and yet still completely lose out. Did you see that? Verse 35. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? You can have it, or you can at least seem to have it. You can be a success. You can sit as a king on the throne of your own life, and other people are watching you and saying, they've done all right, they've done well. Other people can be envying you. And yet, still lose. Lose what? Well, Jesus says, lose your soul. But that's really just Bible language for yourself. You, the real you. You don't gain yourself by living in the little kingdom of me, you lose yourself. You don't become who you're meant to be, you get lost. You can gain the whole world and lose yourself, lose your life. He is talking about death. Death is the ultimate curse on those first humans, the king and queen of creation as they were. Death, that was the ultimate curse on them when they rebelled. And death, well it's the end to the kingdom of me isn't it? Think about it, you can have fame, you can have success, you can have approval, you can have a large house, you can have a reputation, you can have as much love, sex, pleasure or money as you want and you can have the freedom to do as you want. And it sounds depressing but it's true isn't it? What good is all of that when you are dead? Death. Death. It's worse even than that though, the death Jesus is talking about where you lose your soul. It's a God-forsaken death that lasts forever. I mean, talk about purpose. Talk about whether or not your life means something. What, what use are fulfilled dreams in hell? But... Jesus came to offer more than just insightful criticism into living life for the little kingdom of me. He didn't just come to explode that myth. He came to offer a lot more. He came to welcome us back to the big kingdom of God. Part three of our story is that Jesus restores us to the big kingdom of God. Here we all are going along in our lives, living life for the little kingdom of me, following our dreams. Or just really disillusioned because we don't think we're ever going to be able to follow our dreams. Either way, it's all about the little kingdom of me. And Jesus comes along and says, The kingdom of God is here. He describes what that, what that means. Look at verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with the disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Here we all are following our dreams or wishing that we could. And Jesus says, follow me. He says, if you're going to do that, if you're going to follow me. What does it mean? It means you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross. Deny yourself. We have to die. We have to die to living in the little kingdom of me. We've got to deny ourselves in order to gain ourselves. We have to die in order to live. It it kind of, it, it sounds like it doesn't make sense, doesn't it? What does that mean? Well, he's talking about this. He's talking about dying to living for the little kingdom of me. Making our life not about what we want, but about what Jesus wants making our life not about our agenda, but about Jesus' agenda. About Jesus' dreams and plans and purpose and not the one that we've just come up with ourselves. About building his kingdom, not building our own. Die to living in the little kingdom of me and live for Jesus' kingdom instead. And uh, he says that's about losing your life for him and the gospel, look at verse... um, 35, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. The gospel. Well, that's the message of Jesus, that he is the king. He's the king God has chosen. After centuries of human beings failing to be the kings of creation we were meant to be, God sends his own. Jesus. And he's building a perfect future. He's going to remake all things into the world the way it was meant to be. See, Jesus is the only person who ever completely and fully lived out his purpose the way it was meant to be as a human being. He's the only person ever to do that, to completely fulfill his purpose the way it was meant to be. He never went his own way. He never decided to live for a small little kingdom that he could create for himself. He always lived for God and for God's agenda. Always. And what's more, that the striking thing is he didn't have to do it, he did it for the little people like you and I, the no hopers like you and I, or the selfish people like you and I. He did it for us. His purpose was to rebuild God's ruined kingdom and to welcome people like us back into it. That was his purpose you know what the weird thing is? The weird thing is he, he did it. He did it by looking like he'd completely failed. Jesus fulfilled his purpose by looking like his life was of no purpose, whatever. As he hung there on a cross, what did people think? Even his friends, what did they think? They thought, what a waste. They thought, he, he's come to nothing. This is meaningless. He doesn't, as he hangs her on the cross, bleeding and dying, naked, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Does he look like he's achieved something? No, he looks like he's achieved nothing. He looks like a waster, like the biggest loser there ever was. Like his life meant nothing and came to nothing. But he did it for us. He did it to make our way back into the big kingdom of God for you and for me. That's the gospel Jesus says. And give your life to me and for me and for the gospel. Lose your life for the kingdom of God and you'll gain it back forever. You'll gain it back forever. We become, if we follow Jesus and not our own dreams. We become who we, were, who we were always meant to be. We become who we were made to be. We gain back the life we were meant to have. Now, but more significantly, forever. Don't follow your dreams, Jesus says. Follow me. That is your purpose. So the big question is will you accept it? Don't follow your dreams. Don't sit there sad that you're never going to follow your dreams. Follow Jesus. See how it's different to both, both stories our culture is telling us? Don't follow your dreams, follow me, says Jesus. Will you accept it? Maybe you're here and you need to accept it for the first time. Maybe you know that you've been living life in the little kingdom of me. Grasping for whatever you can, but really in reality settling for less and you are sat there right now and you know that is you maybe you need to accept it for the first time but actually for all of us following jesus is an ongoing decision isn't it it's not just a once-off thing and then that's it It's an ongoing thing. It's an everyday thing. The decision to give up control of our lives to him. The decision to say, I'm not going to live for the little kingdom of me. Whatever that is. I'm going to live for the big kingdom of God. It's a decision we make every morning when we get up out of bed. What are we getting out of bed for? Well, Jesus invites us to do it for him. Jesus invites you today and every day. To find yourself, find who you are, find yourself by losing yourself for him and his kingdom.